Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan live from the Lakeland University studios. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, Dan Plucker, uh, executive producer extraordinaire with us as well. Sam Schmitz. Hanging out too. Rami Makloff and the Rami Show uh, comes up here at three o'clock, and lots to get to uh, on today's show. Donald Chillis, uh, our guy who hosts the Journey House College Sports Show, Dan Underberg, will join us coming up in one half hour, uh, and we have lots to talk to about him, football and uh, basketball wise. But we're going to lead things off talking about uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, and season tickets. Uh, renewals being sent out. And based on what people are sending to me on social media, uh, people are absolutely floored by the increase of the ticket prices. So the question is just this, are the Milwaukee Bucks pricing you out of going to games, whether it be this year, whether it be getting your season ticket renewals for next year, whatever the case may be, are the Milwaukee Bucks pricing you out of being able to, uh, to go watch your favorite team play basketball. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Are the Bucks pricing you out of being able to go watch your favorite team uh, play basketball? Let's use some examples, shall we? Uh, one of the examples uh, that I have uh, is from uh, one of uh, the people on Twitter that listen uh, to uh, the show. Um, and she, uh, tweeted out earlier, and this was one of kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this because, uh, there have been more than one person that's either texted me, uh, or tweeted at me, uh, about ticket prices. Okay. Uh, so she tweeted, uh, that her bucks tickets are going from $5,300 a month, uh, or from $5,300 to $7,300. Their monthly payment will now be $600 plus per month. Uh, and she tweets, Bucks have lost their damn minds. Glad we got that championship last year. So her price uh, is going up $2,000 total uh, for tickets uh, that she's had for, for quite some time. Okay, fine. So then uh, I have another person that's been tweeting uh, that I saw on Twitter that uh, tweeted earlier. So uh, I just got the renewal notification for Buck season tickets. And my season ticket price increase is 51%. What the hell? How is this reasonable? Uh, that person then tweets later, I would go to 90% of the games for cheaper by just buying the tickets on a secondary market at this point. So that person also upset by the ticket prices being raised by the Milwaukee Bucks. So do you think uh, or are the Milwaukee Bucks pricing you out of going to games? Now, I, I can just speak from my standpoint, right? So I got, you know, four, I got three kids. 
uh, obviously me uh, and Kay. So we got four or five kids that are going and they want to bring a friend, whatever the case may be. So you're talking about driving down there, parking, ticket prices and everything else. No chance. I'm already, I'm telling you again, for me personally, like I can't justify it. I can't. Now, Gary Ellerson and I have had this conversation back and forth that, okay, well, that may be sparky, but you can justify spending all your money on a Christmas tree or on ornaments for a Christmas tree or whatever the case may be. You justify that versus going to a basketball game. And he's right, right? Everybody can justify their entertainment dollar going towards one thing or the other. So we can say, well, bucks ticket prices are too high, but instead I'm going to use that same money and I'm going to use it on this entertainment instead. And it's very true. So for me, right, if we're going to compare, you know, going to a Bucks game that you know, you figure is going to cost quite a bit of money, depending on how much you want to pay for tickets, say they're, you know, $40, $50 a seat. Uh, so now you're talking about at least $200, $250 for tickets. Then you're talking about parking and so forth. Then if you want drinks or popcorn or anything on the inside. So now you're talking, you know, you're getting up in the area of, what, $400, $500 to go to a single Bucks game at this point. I can take four or $500 and buy four or five Christmas trees uh, if that's something that I want. Uh, and instead of having one night of fun and memories, I can have years of fun and memories with all these different Christmas trees that would be up in my house over the course of time of those years. I can't, to me, it's very difficult to justify spending that much money for a single game. And I'm not crying about it. I can just watch the game on Bally Sports Wisconsin. I can listen to the game on the radio or whatever the case may be. So I'm still going to get to watch my favorite team, just won't be in the building. Uh, at that point. So do you think the Bucks uh, are pricing you out of going to watch your favorite team play? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Ian, you're first up on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Ian? Hey, Sparky. Uh, so that tweet you read from Jamie to start the show, I know her well. Same seats, just a different corner of the arena. And so we have the same price. Now, there's some confusion with mine because I haven't got my email yet. And there was a deal they did a few years back as far as you could sign up for two or three, four years, something like that, where your price kind of got locked in or you could only go up 3%. And so I have a little confusion if I if I do next year, I'll be in the same boat where they'll go up that much. And I think the biggest problem that us as season ticket holders have, and this is my 22nd year of having them. Uh, there are no real benefits to season tickets anymore. I mean, they give you a few little things, but I can go on StubHub. I can take their little advertisements they do during games right now, and I can get tickets for cheaper. They're not selling out these games. We just won a championship, and they're not selling out games. So why am I going to spend on that price crease that she talked about $88 a ticket instead of the 63 or whatever we're paying now when I can go online and get lower levels for, I don't know, $25 some night. And that's the other problem we have when we can't go to a game and we want to try to sell them. You go on StubHub, you can get seats in the corner, lower level for $25, $30. So you can't even sell them for what you're buying them for. The only advantage you have is getting playoff tickets. You get your guaranteed playoff tickets in your seats if you want them. But at what point, <laughs> at some point, you can't afford to just keep paying these increases when they're giving deals. And the other big problem I had is you heard when they talked about how they sold out of season tickets this year? Right. Well, that was a scam, too. I've been told by multiple people that have inside knowledge down there, they didn't sell out of all those. They ended up buying whatever was left. The Bucks ended up buying whatever was left over. And that, that's where all these deals that they're putting up on TV are. They bought the leftover season tickets so they could say they sold them out. Now they're selling them for cheaper, which is another reason season ticket holders like us, now, now we really can't sell our tickets because the Bucks are basically giving them away. So let me ask you a question. 
So what type of benefits would a season ticket holder want to justify the increase that uh, apparently they're putting on them? Like, what would you want to justify it at this point? Like, would you want like your own special parking uh, with your own special private entrance? So you don't have to wait in line with everybody else. Like, what is it exactly that what might make things better? Uh, for me, at this point, there is no justification of them going this high. I mean, this isn't New York or L.A. I mean, this is Milwaukee. And like I said, you're not selling the building out now after we just won a world championship with a great team. In my opinion, I still think we have a great team. And you, you're still not selling it out. So for me, it just gets to a price point. Well, why? What do you want them for when you can get them so much cheaper basically everywhere else? For every game. Yep. And that's something that definitely will work against him. Ian, thanks for the call. So Ian says uh, he might be about to be tapped out and he's had been, had been a season ticket holder for 22 years. So what about you? Do you feel like the bucks are pricing you out? Even if you're not a buck season ticket holder, just in general, do you feel like you're getting priced out? 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM, the fam. You know, the other part of this too is, you know, you and me, we, we've always wanted a superstar on our team. We never thought we'd be able to get a superstar on our team. Well, we got one, Giannis, right? MVP, defensive player of the year. Always wanted a championship. Couldn't wait for the parade and go to celebrate and have a good time. Got that too. A lot of us never thought we'd see in our lifetime. So we got everything we wanted as a Bucks fan. The only thing that nobody really stopped to think about was with all of that, what would that then mean for the fan experience? What then would that mean for Bucks fans as far as for tickets? Listen, you're going to pay your star player $50 million you better expect that they're going to raise ticket prices, raise concession stand prices, and raise everything else at the end of the day. And I don't know, maybe we should get somebody on from Cleveland, from the Cavaliers, I guess, uh, probably would be a good person to talk to. Um, as far as, you know, how prevalent is this in other markets when you have that superstar player, uh, as far as prices go, right? So LeBron James, you know, gets that first huge deal or whatever. How much do ticket prices get raised? Then LeBron James leaves and is gone, goes to Miami. Do ticket prices drop? Do concessions drop? Because I'll be honest, I very rarely have ever heard of anything dropping one way or the other. Once it's there, it's there. Very rarely do owners pull back and go the other way. So how did that play? Then when LeBron James came back, and there was all that demand to take a prices race again in Cleveland at the end of the day. Don't know. I do remember reading a thing a couple of years ago when LeBron was in Cleveland, that parking prices uh, for a parking pass in LeBron in, in Cleveland at that point uh, was $5. It was the cheapest parking in the NBA put on by a team when LeBron James was there. Now, as far as ticket prices and so forth, I don't remember where they rank, but I do remember complaining about parking like I have been for 100 years on the radio station as far as it being too expensive. And that was one of the things that was my one of my talking points as they were building the new arena was, can we please get these parking prices under control? Because you pay as much for parking or almost as much for parking as you pay for an actual ticket to be in the game. So if you're going as a family of four, you're really going as five because you got to pay for parking. If you're going as two, you're really going as three. Unless, again, unless you want to walk. Uh, and if you want, if you're fine walking out in the cold and the elements and so forth in the dead of winter, uh, then yeah, you can get it cheaper parking uh, farther away. But again, I think we just all missed the boat that. Eventually, they were going to jack these prices up, especially once Giannis got that huge deal. Once Giannis got that huge deal, like everybody should just have expected that's how this was going to work. So now what the angle is going to be, I guess, is they're just going to work hard uh, to sell the corporate America, to sell all these companies uh, and all these top end uh, people to get their butts to buy the season tickets. And then let them distribute to within their companies or the people that work for them or whatever. Because the people that buy these season tickets that are running corporations very rarely are going to all these games. More times than not, they're giving them their buddies, they're giving them to their managers, whatever the case may be. But those are the ones that can easily afford the money and don't really care about it. And then to Ian's point about as far as them uh, selling tickets and promotions, 
I, I don't know about that whole aspect of if they were sold out or not sold out or whatever. I have no idea uh, the truth to that one way or the other. But I will say this. We've seen this organization be horrible. We've seen tickets on StubHub go for like, what was it? Was it 50 cents at one point? It was under a dollar where you could get tickets to go see this team play uh, at the Bradley Center. That's how bad it really was uh, at one point. They couldn't give them away. They were doing everything under the sun to try and make sure they packed that arena. Mind you, it's not like a Brewers game. I mean, they've got half the fans, even less than half the fans. They have half the dates and they won a championship and they still can't fill it seemingly on, on a night in night out basis. Now to me, just me now, my number one goal, I would think, would be how do we put as many butts in the seats as possible, right? How do we get as much money out of the people that are coming in as far as buying merchandise, paying for concession stand prices and so forth? How do we pack this place night in and night out? And are we better off not packing this place night in and night out, having say, I don't know, 75% capacity, but taking more money from each person that's in here and then looking at the empty seats and going, that's okay. Because we're still ahead from where we were the previous year when we didn't have the ticket price increase. I mean, all of this has to be factored in. They have to have meetings, marketing meetings, uh, and figuring out pricing and everything else and go, okay, figure we're going to lose X amount of people when we do this pay increase. Once we do it, how many people do we need to retain in order to break even going forward? And then of the people that we lose, how many of those seats do we think we can sell to corporate America uh, to get some of that money back? Those are the conversations that have to happen before you do something like this. That all has to be said in a conference room or a conference call or part of an email chat or whatever. That all has to happen before you make the calculated move of raising the ticket prices. Because I really don't think that all of a sudden Mark Lazary uh, calls up Peter Fagan and says, I've decided to raise the ticket prices 25% across the board. Have a good day. Goodbye. I, I, I guess it's possible. I highly doubt it because if it were something like that, then that is a way for an organization to implode if somebody is making the decisions with that type of deal, where it's my way or the highway. I'm not listening to anybody else. This is what we're doing. Because if that's the, the way we're doing things, then it's going to be a complete disaster. But I don't believe that's how it's being done. I believe there are people with brains uh, getting together and trying to figure this out. Now, do they care about the person making $30,000 a year? No. No, they don't. Do they care about the person making less than that? Uh, no. Again, they're going to put tickets out into the community for the Boys and Girls Club and so forth and like that. And Leroy Butler talks about his church always ends up getting tickets for group sales and they can go because of the bucks and so forth. So you'll you'll have you know people that can't afford it still be able to go to the games to a certain degree. But uh, the large majority of people uh, that are, you know, in that area probably will not be afforded to go to any games going forward unless they're using a secondary site. You think the Bucks are pricing you out of going to games? 414-799-1250. Quite a few tweets coming in. We'll read some of those as well. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan, it's Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fancy Sparky Fiber with you. Sam Schmitz, Dan Plucker uh, producing today's show. Don't forget the Rami show comes up today uh, at three o'clock. He'll join us here in about the next uh, 25 minutes uh, or so. Also Don with Chillis coming up in about 10 minutes. We'll talk to him from the Journey House College Sports Show as they're back on there tonight. Him and Dan Underberg from 6 until 8 o'clock. Hey, no matter your favorite sport, the place to be for great food, fun, and playing your own favorite indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. With plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room, settle down to some awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up. Ha! with all the extras visit their facebook page or q club of wi.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates q club of wisconsin north grandview boulevard in waukesha asking you do you feel like the bucks uh, have essentially uh, you know pushed you out because of pricing of going to games 414-799-1250 414 414- 
799-1250. Notebook Mike, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Mike? Sparky, my buddy. Uh, two Club, I'm right by there. I might get some wings. Uh, now, okay. You're really good. How much you think a Laker ticket is? Three rows behind the bench. Thousands and thousands bucks. of dollars. I don't know. 3000 my, my mom wanted to go to a game. We walked two blocks. It was the only game they won all month. It was 120 bucks. $5 beer. It's price gouging. It's, it's just the way of the world. That's what they're going to do. The better you get, the more the price goes up. Am I right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's normally yeah. how it works. That's why I say, you know, when you win a championship a, and yeah, you give we your won a championship, best, you're gonna pay. And you give your best player fifty million dollars a year. I mean, that to me, that's where oh. this all this all goes back to. When they paid Giannis the Supermax, you could all but bet your bottom dollar that these ticket prices were gonna go through the roof. And just I mean, two more comments before you hang up. Herb yeah. Arkish, Hubert, I got nothing for him. He's a hater. If he has a vote for Leroy Butler in the Hall of Fame, good luck with that. But uh, it's just a joke with these ticket prices. That's why I don't go to games. I watch it all on TV. Correct. I, no, I hear you, Mike. Great. All right. So I hear you. Thanks for the up. call. Take care. There he is, the notebook Mike uh, getting in here. Uh, Terrence uh, tweets at Sparky Radio and at 1250 AM, the fan. I tapped out the year before last. Prices are just too high after the huge increase. I stopped seeing other season ticket holders I had known for years. Plus, the service at concessions is a major downgrade. Doesn't feel like the same experience anymore. I've been to one game so far this year. Uh, that's Terrence tweeting at Sparky Radio and at 1250 uh, AM, the fan. I mean, again, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know this for, uh, I, I shouldn't say I'm sure, but I would imagine that there are many people listening to me right now here on the fan that were season ticket holders at one point in their life that are no longer season ticket holders. But of those of you that are listening right now that were season ticket holders that no longer go to games, I bet you you're still okay because you got to see your favorite team win a championship because you get to watch Giannis play every night on TV. And you'd rather watch Giannis play every night on TV in a Bucks uniform versus watching him play every night on TV and say, I don't know, a Lakers uniform or a Bulls uniform or a Heat uniform or whatever the case may be. So yeah, maybe we can't afford to go to games, but we could still watch our favorite player play on TV representing the city of Milwaukee. And that's still a pretty cool deal. Again, there's no law that says everybody uh, should be able to afford uh, to go to a sporting event. Just like there's no law that says everybody should be able to afford to go to a concert. There was an Elton John concert. Uh, I think it was the first time uh, he was supposed to come through at Pfizer Forum. Uh, and we were interested in going to see Elton John. Like, okay, that'd be cool. I think starting ticket prices were like two or $300 uh, at Pfizer Forum at that point. At that point, we looked at each other, laughed, and said, well, that's not happening. We're not going to that. And that was the end of it. Uh, and I think eventually that concert actually might have got canceled and rescheduled for a later date or whatever but because of COVID. But at the end of the day, again, nobody guarantees you to be able to afford um, to go to anything. doesn't matter. All that matters for the people that, that run uh, these – companies is is there enough supply and demand right so is there enough demand where i can raise ticket prices to where they're raising them apparently 20 25 whatever the case may be to get back my return uh, on investment that i need even though i'm going to lose a bunch of fans from going to games because face facts just because you're not a season ticket holder anymore does not mean you're not going to root for the bucks doesn't does not mean that you're not going to go to the fear the deer district when there's playoff rallies and not be out there watching your favorite team play no you won't be in the arena but you'll still have a, probably a pretty good time at, at the fear the deer district while it hurts and it probably hurts your heart more than anything that you won't be able to go watch your favorite team play anymore because of ticket prices or whatever the case may be um 
you don't give up being a fan. At least not most people. Maybe some, but not most people. Gary tweets at Sparky Radio and at 1250 AM, the fan went to my first game of the year last night. Had to pick a weeknight because the weekend game prices are insane. Uh, that's Gary tweeting at Sparky Radio and at 1250 AM, the fan. Anthony tweets, uh, yep, as far as being priced out. Uh, parking, concession prices, games mostly played at night and not always on the weekend. Now raise ticket prices. Call me a casual fan, but watching at home is just fine until the playoffs. But by then, the Deer District is where I would rather be anyways. You know, I've heard other people um, say similar things as far as, you know, the experience for them uh, was a cooler experience as far as being in the Deer District than it was even actually being in the stadium. I can't comprehend that. To me, there's no comparison to being in the arena where the action is happening and watching it there. Um, not saying that that's not a cool atmosphere of uh, being shoulder to shoulder with somebody for two and a half, three, four hours um, and having some beverages and talking and having a good time and everybody cheering at once and so forth. Cause it is, it is uh, a very cool experience and one that's not uh, matched many other places for sure. Uh, Mark uh, tweets at Sparky Radio and at 1250 AM, the fan. There should be compensation for the fans when you're paying $300 for a family of four to watch G League players, as was the case in many games so far this year. And why are the Stars sitting every third game? Uh, that's Mark uh, tweeting at Sparky Radio. Well, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different of a case this year because of so many COVID cases that are uh, flying around. So, you know, on a normal year, I don't know if we'll ever have a normal year again, but, you know, if we get back to a normal year where, you know, you, you don't have players sitting out constantly uh, with COVID, uh, that's that's what you're banking on. I, I don't, I, again, I've never heard, excuse me, I've never heard of anybody ever giving anybody money back because a bunch of star players weren't playing on a given night. When you go back to the San Antonio Spurs years ago, uh, they didn't send Duncan Ginobili or Tony Parker to Milwaukee. Why? Because they were arresting them. They didn't put them on the plane. Said, you stay here. We'll see you when we get back. And they went without them. And I've always complained time and time again is if you're going to arrest your star player, fine, rest them at home. Don't rest them on the road. It might be the only time that, you know, people have a chance to get to see that one guy play is that one time you're in their city that year. You know, if you're at home, okay, fine. I go to a game, I bring my kid and he doesn't play. It's happened to us. Okay, fine. It doesn't, it, we don't get to see him play, but you know, you'll have other opportunities if you want to spend the money on those tickets to possibly go see Giannis play on a different date. For a lot of these fans, when he comes rolling through uh, once a year, it's a little bit different. Um, so that's why I've always been against resting star players uh, on the road. That, that's that's the one thing. Uh, let's see here. What what am I got sent here? A uh, Damien uh, just sent me uh, an article from. Shaw Media, which is who Hub Arkish is with. Uh, Sean Hammond uh, is the person that writes it. Shaw, local football analyst Hub Arkish will not lose his NFL MVP vote for comments he made this week regarding Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Barry Wilner of the Associated Press confirmed that Arkish is not losing his vote for the NFL's most prestigious award. Arkish faced criticism this week after he said publicly that he was not voting for Rodgers for MVP. So there you go. Uh, so nobody's surprised because not one person has stepped out against him as far as those people voting for the award. Uh, he will keep his award uh, and then try and defend why he should keep his, uh, you know, his, his vote for that award uh, once they announce the MVP uh, this year. So again, everybody has a problem with the process. The process will not be changing anytime soon. I can, but guarantee you that uh, Paul and big bend, uh, you are next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about uh, my experience at Pfizer Forum. Um, the sure. arena is awesome, but the crowds haven't been the same ever since the Bradley Center was torn down. I went to the Raptors playoff game, you know, back in the Jason Kidd era where they won by like 40, and it was like the coolest experience ever. The crowd was going nuts from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. And I went to the Eastern Conference Finals game that Giannis sat, and we won. And the crowd was, it was good for like a quarter and, you know, then it died for two quarters and then it came back for the fourth quarter. They've 
kind of priced themselves out of the, uh, the the really diehard fans who can't afford to go. So the crowds are kind of lame because of it. Well, and again, and that that's a whole nother conversation, right? Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, because we've had that conversation before at the Bradley Center where, you know, the high rollers that were sitting closer to the floor and so forth uh, never really got into the game, never really cheered all that much and so forth. And it was those people in the upper deck that, that were the loudest uh, at the Bradley Center from time to time. I remember doing post-game shows, people always complaining about those people not cheering and not getting into the game as much as maybe they should. And you're probably right. Um, because those fans maybe that are super passionate and super into it um, probably can't afford necessarily to get there. Not saying that if you, you know, you don't have a lot of, if you don't have uh, if you have a lot of money, you can't be passionate. Of course you can. No question. But experience in this town, I don't know what it's like in LA. Never been to a Lakers game in LA. I don't know what it's like anywhere else. I just know here in Milwaukee. Here in Milwaukee, over the course of time, we've seen that when you have that higher influential crowd over the course of time, it's more about, you know, wanting to be seen among the other higher influential people uh, and wanting to socialize with those people that you brought, talk about work, talk about uh, your dealings for the day or whatever, maybe more so uh, than the actual basketball game itself. It's going on, yes, and you're kind of paying attention, but you're really not into it per se, living and dying on every bucket because it's not that big of a deal to you. You have other things in your life that's a bigger deal. Uh, you know, you kind of follow along and yeah, you have a buck shirt and yeah, you'll cheer and stand up in the last two minutes of a game if it's really close because everybody else is. But outside of that, not nearly as emotional uh, as a lot of other fans that may be there that don't have the money and truly live and die on every single thing that happens at a Bucks game. That's the history for me as a Bucks fan, going to Bucks games and observing Bucks fans at Bucks games. That's what I've seen my entire life. Um, now, will that become more prevalent as more and more people get forced out because they can't afford ticket prices? Maybe. It might be. And we'll just have to wait and see. Coming up next, Don Wachillis. Yes, Don Wachillis. You know Don Wachillis from the uh, Journey House uh, College Sports Show. He joins us next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back. Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. The segment sponsored by Tally's Tap and Eatery. Thursdays, they're special on boneless wings plus tall boys on tap for just $2.50. Follow them on Facebook for other updates. Tally's Tap and Eatery on Sunset Drive in Waukesha. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, the one, the only Don Wachillis from the Journey House College Sports Show. Hear him Thursday nights along with Dan Underberg from 6 to 8 o'clock. That includes tonight. Thanks so much for coming on, Don. Oh, thanks for having me, Sparky. Good to talk to you. Uh, first things first, let's start uh, in football. Uh, and then maybe if we have time, we'll work our way over to basketball. Uh, the news that Joel Rudolph uh, is departing and leaving the Wisconsin Badger football program. Uh, your thoughts on that and what it means to Wisconsin. I, I hate to say it this way, but I think the planets have lined up in the right, the right order. And the fact that Rudolph is leaving on his own, it eliminates any of the hardship and any of the drama of having Paul Chris maybe going to him and, asking him to take a different role or to leave um, the Wisconsin football program as a whole. I think, as we've talked before, it's time for uh, some new blood within the program, especially within the coaching ranks. So I think the fact that Rudolph is headed to Virginia Tech, I think it's a fresh start for him. And I think then it will be an also, excuse me, a fresh start for the Badgers at the offensive line position and, and maybe that change is the spark this team needs to take that next step. Uh, there was so much uh, talk uh, about Rudolph and how, you know, he wasn't a good play caller, give it back to Paul Chris and so forth. Do you think the fact that Paul Chris took it back from Joe Rudolph had any bearing on wanting uh, Joe Rudolph uh, essentially leaving Wisconsin? I, I think it may have had a small piece as far as the puzzle goes. I don't think it was a major one. I think um, the writing, though, was on the wall, especially this year based on how inconsistent early on the offensive line was. It took way too long for them to figure out how to gel. 
I know they were trying to do a platoon system. That that failed miserably, and when they kind of shrunk it down and made the rotation much smaller than what they originally started with, that's when the offensive line finally clicked. So whatever whatever Rudolph was trying to implement just did not seem to stick with with the program this year. And, and like I said, sometimes it's just time for a change, and, and this appeared to be one of those times. So what next, Don? What do you do if you're the Badgers? How are you looking to maneuver this around? I, I've seen suggestions, and I'm with it, of moving Bostad, Bob Bostad, back to being the offensive line coach, letting April just coach linebackers in general, uh, and then maybe going out and finding an offensive coordinator uh, that can come in and help. I don't know if he's play caller, if he's helping with game planning, uh, but for me, whoever that coach is, it's a person that's a strong recruiter in an area of the country in which you are not strong in. Uh, to help that process. That's how I look to replace uh, Rudolph. What about you? Yeah, I think that's a a great way of looking at it. I want to see somebody come in at that offensive coordinator spot to uh, assume the play calling roles as far as I'm concerned and inject a little bit of new blood. I would love to see that offensive coordinator also be a quarterback's coach because I think it's time for Graham Mertz to take the next step. And I think one of the reasons he hasn't is he hasn't been coached up to take it. And so I, I keep in the back of my mind and, and it's, Oh, it's throwing something out in the middle of a pond and really hoping and wishing, but I'd love to see Daryl Bevel. Daryl Bevel's not going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach after this interim tag is taken off. So to have somebody like Daryl Bevel come back in, knows the program, knows the quarterback position, the recruiting thing, I know once you've been to the NFL, it's not something many coaches are fond of, but that would be a name that would really intrigue me if uh, if the things that we're talking about were come to fruition. This is the problem, though. we got a big problem. In order to get anybody of significance, you have to pay them. They don't believe in paying anybody. So, you know, again, Joe Brady, again, that's not going to happen because he doesn't go along with the offensive style that they have at Wisconsin. But Daryl Bevel, he's not going to come for a million dollars, I can't imagine, to come be an offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. I mean, you're really, in my opinion, talking about going out and probably finding a position coach at a Power 5 school uh, and convincing him to come here because it's an upgrade to become an offensive coordinator, knowing that he's probably not going to stay very long once he gets offered more money. I think that's the best way of going about it. I can't imagine you're going to get anybody proven for the peanuts that they're paying at Wisconsin. The only way my theory as far as Daryl Bevel would work is if the other NFL teams from around the league aren't interested in bringing him in whatsoever. As we've seen other coaches, especially at Alabama, and I, what you say, Steve, I completely understand as far as the pay goes. But we've seen a lot of coaches go over to Alabama, kind of rejuvenate uh, their, their coaching tenure, their coaching status, and then jump back out to getting a head coaching position, a coordinator position. We'll have to wait and see, but I, I understand what you're getting at. Until Wisconsin's ready to start footing the bill for some of these coordinator spots, you're going to end up with a situation like you just described. Time with Dallin Chillis, Journey House College Sports Show. Tonight, him and Dan Underberg, 6 to 8 o'clock uh, here uh, on 1250 AM, The Fan. Let's talk a little bit about recruiting now, shall we? Uh, let's talk about Carson Hinsman, uh, who uh, has decided not to go to Wisconsin, but to go uh, to Ohio State. Uh, are you surprised at all by that decision? I can't necessarily say I'm surprised. Um, Ohio State is. Ohio State, they've, they've won at a much higher level than what the Badgers have. The only thing now that tapers my, my angst or anger that we're not getting some of these home kids is going to be the portal. And knowing that some of these kids are right now excited that you get a place like Ohio State that comes knocking on your door and offers you a four-year deal, and then you go to Ohio State and you figure you're just or end up being one of many on the field and not necessarily getting the opportunity that you were promised. I had to give that a year or two before I really, um, I I get angry about it, so to speak, just because so many guys now are transferring when things don't necessarily pan out the way they've been sold during the recruiting process. All right. So let's go over. I got this from Bucky's uh, fifth quarter the other day. He tweeted this out. 
So to recap the Super 6 in-state kids for the 2022 recruiting cycle for the Badgers, four-star safety Braylon Allen, Wisconsin. Four-star offensive tackle Joe Brunner, Wisconsin. Four-star tight end Jerry Cross, Penn State. Four-star defensive end Isaac Ham, Wisconsin. Uh, four-star uh, interior lineman, obviously we just talked about Ohio State, and four-star uh, offensive lineman Billy Schroff to Notre Dame. So they got three of the six of the Super Six in that recruiting cycle that everybody's been talking about forever and thinking, if you got all six, boy, oh boy, to go along with the last two recruiting classes, they were really were going to be set up for something special. Getting three of six, are, are they getting a high enough percentage of those six for your liking? No, I'd love to see him be a little bit higher than 50%. But I also know, as we've talked before, with the current condition of the portal, I don't think they're going after certain positions like they have in the past because the portal will give them the opportunity to find veteran-type players, for lack of a better way of saying it, that are entering the, the transfer portal from other schools to fill needs and to be able to fill them at a, at a much more rapid process than bringing in a freshman and having to build that person into their junior and senior year. So are you anticipating, Don Wachillis, that the Badgers are going to be picking up like five, six kids from the transfer portal every year going forward and essentially not having to recruit as many kids as will other Power 5 schools if they're going to be that active? I think you're going to find that in a lot of schools, Steve, and, and until – they figure out a way to kind of put some parameters around the transfer portal. I think you're going to see that out of a lot of schools. I think one of the things we saw this year is that Clemson that didn't really use the transfer portal as much. It showed it suffered a little bit because they had kids leave that program and go elsewhere. I, i.e., Michigan state who really used the transfer portal to turn their program around. I think it's going to be a tool much more utilized and it's part of this whole changing landscape in college sports right now. All right, let's talk about uh, something a little bit more positive outside of the football program. Let's talk about the basketball program uh, and Johnny Davis. How good is this kid? I mean, is he the best Badger we've seen uh, in the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years? Maybe the best Badger player you've ever seen? How good is he? Oh, I don't know if I if I would put the best tag on him yet, but right now, boy, he is something to behold. I mean, 37 points the other night. You needed all 37 of those points to get the victory. I think he's something special. I think it shows um, the growth that you can get at a school like Wisconsin. I know his dad talked about him going to the NBA, and some people rolled their eyes, but now all of a sudden in the second year under Greg Gard, You've seen the growth that Jonathan Davis has had, and he, he's got the ability right now to maybe ascend and be the best player Wisconsin's ever had because of, of just, just the sheer talent that he brings to that program. It, it brings me back to Dwayne Wade uh, at Marquette, right? So Wade bursts out onto the season after having to sit out a year because of academics or whatever, uh, bursts out. Now, the difference here, I think – tell me where I'm wrong. They make their final four run, but they were, they had other players, grant you very young uh, in Novak and Diener that were the shooters to surround him to really make that team go. Then they had the transfer uh, in Rob Jackson from Georgia, who was really able to solidify and be that vet in the middle and that physical presence that really put him in a position to have a star player and really good supporting cast to be that kind of final four team. Now, eventually, Diener ends up being an NBA player. Novak ends up being an NBA player uh, as well. When you look at this Badger team right now, they've got their star player. Do they have enough around him to be a team that can get on a long run in the tournament? I don't know about a long run. I see a team that if you get to a Sweet 16 berth, that would be a, a enormous um, a success measure for this Wisconsin Badger team. Chucky Hepburn, I think, is going to be special, but he's going to have to evolve into that. Um, the guys in the front court aren't quite there yet. They're a few years away. So I don't know if they've got enough in them to make, let's say, a Final Four run. I think they got enough in them to make a Sweet 16 run. Now, Achilles, uh, tonight, what do you got on the show starting at 6 o'clock? 
Well, we obviously got to get ready to cover the national championship coming up next week. We're going to get Blake Topmeyer on the program. He's an SEC columnist from the USA Today Network. We're also going to bring in Harrison Reno. He's with uh, SI.com. He does their Top Dog podcast. We'll get a a Georgia take from him and also talk about uh, what has been a really special week for college basketball with Wisconsin winning, Marquette winning, UWM with a nice win last night. So a lot to get to tonight. That was the best Marquette basketball game I've seen all year last night or whatever night it was. Was it last night that I watched them or the night before? When did they play last? Two nights ago. Two nights ago. Two nights ago, yeah. That was the best game I've seen out of Marquette uh, this entire year. I mean, it wasn't a one-man show. There were a lot of different guys. They were hitting shots. And to me, it was kind of comparable to Wisconsin when they beat Marquette where everybody was hitting shots at the same time. Uh, And any college basketball team, more than likely, is very tough to beat when everybody's hitting their shots. But, again, Marquette's got upside. It's just a matter of whether or not they can hit enough shots on a night-in, night-out basis uh, going forward. Don, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Look forward to listening to tonight at 6. All right. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. There is Don Wachillis on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Coming up next, Rami Makhlouf and the Rami Show comes up at 3 o'clock. We'll find out what's going on with that show straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. But first, let me tell you about my friends over at Q Club of Wisconsin. No matter your favorite sport, the place to be for great food, fun, and playing your own favorite indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room. Settle down with some awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fans, see Sparky Fiber with you. Here from Rami Makloff momentarily. But first, are you looking for a new career? Would you like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company? How about a company that's been in business for over 30 years? Talking about my guys over at Young Express. Well, right now, they're looking for a dispatcher. That's what they need. Now, what do you need in order to get hired on to be a, a dispatcher? You have to be able to multitask in a fast-paced environment. Good communication skills, computer literate, Come on, you gotta be computer literate, right? An overall friendly disposition for dealing with a variety of customers and drivers. No experience necessary, they'll train you. Uh, and just like that, you can be a part of the Young Express team. They hire you on competitive hourly wage, paid holidays, vacation time, personal days, 401k with company match, health plan, and Christmas bonus. Now we're talking. Apply at youngexpress.com today. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. Joining us now is uh, Rami Makhlouf to find out what's coming up on his show today. What do you got, Rami? Coming up on the Rami show today, Sparky, we'll start off the show talking about the uh, decision to waive Boogie Cousins. Do you Are you upset about that, or do you, do you trust that John Horst has a plan? We'll talk about that with the people at 414-799-1250. Ty Windish of the Eurostep podcast, he has thoughts on it. He'll be here at 3.30. At 3.45, Everybody all up in arms about Aaron Rodgers not winning the MVP. Should take some advice from Aaron Rodgers. And then at 4 o'clock, Sparky, did you catch Ross Uglum of PackerReport.com on my show last week? No. You did not. He basically said, and we're going we're gonna to play his, his comments later on the show, he basically said if Aaron Rodgers ain't back next year, he, he's not sure he even wants Devontae Adams back next year. He'd rather hit the reset button and use that money elsewhere on the roster. How, how would you feel about that? If Rodgers well, is gone, do you think, not want Devontae back either? I don't think Devontae wants back if Aaron Rodgers is gone. Uh, he's about getting his number. So, that, like I've said before, I would sign and trade him um, with that franchise tag. i trade Rodgers and Adams at the draft if neither one want to come back. I don't want you here uh, as part of the Packers organization if you don't want to be here. Like, there's no chance. So, you're going to get a boatload for Rodgers if that was the case, uh, if he wanted out. Uh, and – Again, with Devontae Adams, I think you'll get a boatload for Devontae Adams uh, as well at that point. So, I mean, again, you'll be in full rebuild for certain. 
uh, going forward, but you'll have a ton of draft picks. And then it's up to Goody in that front office to make it work uh, in order to get this team back to being competitive again as soon as possible. We'll also hear from Will Salmon at 430 and uh, Michael Lombardi, Odyssey NFL insider, coming up at 5 o'clock. Did you read Will's piece in The Athletic, the one-on-one with Devin Williams about his uh, his punching of the wall? I did not, Rami, no. It's uh it's interesting stuff man. He 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 tells the he tells the whole story in there and uh and the journey it's been since of 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 him dealing with the guilt and everything that that went along with that. Real good piece by Will Sam. We're going to talk with him about that at uh 4:30. Oh, good. Very good. So it sounds like a good fun show coming oh, up uh, with Rami Makhlouf. What you say? I said jam packed. Sorry. Jam-packed, yes. Jam-packed. Uh, Robbie McAuliffe comes up here next. Make sure you keep it tuned in here to the fan. And, of course, Journey House College Sports Show tonight at 6. Tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show, Ken Barkley, you better you bet, uh, at 10.35, 11.35, Matt LaPay, uh, voice of your Wisconsin Badgers, will be on the show. I'll talk about that Badger-Iowa game, obviously, tomorrow with him. Uh, and then, of course, A.J. Dillon, Packers running back, will join us at 1.30 tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.